Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I mean, at my age, it's like, well, come on. Give me something to believe in here. And increasingly, I have less to believe in. I'm sorry they didn't, Biden didn't take the last question, which would have been, did you see what Chuck Todd did <laughs> last night to go five and two? All right, come well, on. You know, that- he, and he can't stand the monkey. He can't stand the monkey. <laughs> That's you know. true. You know, monkey got beat. The monkey and that German shepherd didn't get along. They had an incident. <laughs> I think that's why Commander's not there anymore. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. So I'm back. I took a trip. There's so many rock and roll lyrics you go right into. I took a trip around the world. Um, so I'm back from North Carolina and South Carolina. So we're doing a show today. We'll do a show tomorrow. Michael remains in South Carolina. Nigel is with us here. Um, I, I just wanted to open. Some people have sent me gifts. You know, please, you don't have to send me gifts. You shouldn't send me gifts. I appreciate it, but you shouldn't send me gifts. Although, Chris Corcoran, who's the head of Cadence 13, sent me a a lovely gift, and I appreciate that. But I work with and for Chris Corcoran, so it's okay. I got two other gifts, and I'm not allowed to say... I don't know the name of the person who sent me one. Okay. And I was told, do do not say my name of the person who sent me what I'm opening now. Nigel has not seen this before. No, I have not. I'm opening now... It's a wall socket. It's it's a it's it's an actual plug. Yes, it's an it actual is. plug to put in the wall with a plate to go over the wall socket. So it's that. I don't know what I'm going to do with it because yeah. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I don't think I'm you, not skilled enough to do that. And I I don't say this uh, disparagingly. I don't think you have the skill set to do that. Nor do I. I would not know what to do with that either. And then I got an interesting box. And there's funny writing on the side of the box, like, has science gone too far or not far enough? And there's a quote, don't believe everything you read on the side of a box that doesn't remotely tell you what the product is, allegedly said by Abraham Lincoln, which we know isn't true. (laughs) Then it says, made by hand from moon atmosphere, fairy wings, and my ex-wife's empty heart, which is sort of funny. (laughs) And then it says, it's the exclusive drink of Nicolas Cage while stealing the Declaration of Independence with an asterisk, and the asterisk at the bottom says, legal said we can't put this on the package, but what do they know? They're idiots who okayed letting us sell this thing in the first place. (laughs) And on the top it says, why does this smell like chloroform? And it's going to say chloroform, but it stops indicating you've smelled it and you're dead. And it said, definitely not you in 30 seconds. And inside is is an item that I like called hydrated water, (laughs) just add water. (laughs) 16-ounce can makes up in infinite gallons. It's 100% organic. It's BPA-free. There's low sodium. It's lightweight. It's magical. Yes, this is real. Um, It's very funny. That is good. It's lovely. Instructions. Empty contents into any size container. Add water to taste. Drink, then question your life choices. (laughs) Please note, final product is undrinkable when frozen, evaporates rapidly. If you believe in yourself, anything is possible. And this is sent to us by something called wittyyeti.com. Witty, W-I-T-T-Y, Yeti, Y-E-T-I.com. It's, it's a reach. 
You know, it takes a long time. Right. It's probably a little too clever by half, but it's not stupid. Right. No, it's not. It's not stupid. So thank you for that. And I will, of course, re-gift that to someone else. It's very <laughs> lovely. And for those of you wondering, oh, gee, I hadn't heard from Tony in a few days. I wonder what's happening with DG. <laughs> well, I got one. Great documentary on TCM on Dean Martin. You're going to love it. Regards, DG. I I'll bet it is great. I saw that, and it is fantastic. You will love that. I'll it's, bet. I, I, there were lots of things I did not know about him, but it's utterly charming. You'll, you'll, you'll love that. Yeah, let's get the DG as, you know, He's on top get of me that. ready to see things. <laughs> right. That's Turner Classic Movies, I assume. That's right, yes. So I assume I get that. Yes. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Doesn't matter. I haven't watched television in two years, other than sports. Right. I haven't watched. Just I, I no longer watch. Um, so I took this trip, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into any particular details of it now, but I, what, at the beginning of the trip... At the beginning of the trip, in order to get away, just to get away, because I go to Pinehurst in North Carolina, and then from Pinehurst to Okatee in South Carolina, and then coming back, I reverse it. And you say, well, why do you do that? I go, because the straight shot on 95 to and from South Carolina is about nine hours. It's a little too much for me at this age. Can't do it. I can't do a nine-hour forced march. You know, I, it's too much for me. So I break up the trip. So it's about six hours to Pinehurst if traffic conditions are good, and then another four hours to South Carolina, and then you reverse that. Well, on the way down, in order to make the trip a little bit easier, I thought I'd get away on a Wednesday night, and I would stay overnight in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Fredericksburg, Virginia is only about 50, 60, 65 miles south of my house at most. That's all it is. And I figured, okay, this gives me a head start because the traffic usually between Washington and Fredericksburg is pretty tough on I-95 South. Pretty tough. It took us, we left at, I don't know, 3 o'clock. took us three hours to get to Fredericksburg. Oof. Three hours. 95 parking lot, baby. Yeah. Not moving. What was the big mistake I made not getting into the express lanes? I didn't even, didn't even understand the express lanes. Never been on the express lanes in that particular area. Didn't get into the express lanes. Three hours to go something like 55 miles. And then to stay, and I won't, I won't yet give away the name of the place that I stayed in, but it was a mistake. Still to come. It was a mistake for me. You know, um, I don't need a refrigerator in my room. I don't need full kitchen setup. I don't care. Anyway, so that was a mistake. So I had dread coming back yes you total know. dread coming back yesterday from piners left at seven o'clock in the morning just didn't know how long it was going to take because 95 is 95 and when you you go to 85 first and 85 dumps you into 95 around petersburg virginia and then if there's no traffic it's about 245 or three hours to my house if there's no traffic if there is traffic it's an eternity. You just don't know. Got so lucky yesterday. Got so lucky. I was going to go into the express lanes when they were available, but they were going south, not north. So I couldn't get in. But in any event, even though there were some slowdowns, even though there was a stoppage or two, nothing terrible. Nothing terrible. And I got home and, and maybe this is my age. I'm not certain. But maybe. I'm willing to ascribe it to my age. When you're in that real fast traffic, three lanes, real fast, 
huge trucks yeah. right behind you. You're white knuckling. You're afraid. It, it, it creates an awful lot of tension. You say, well, go to the left lane. Well, they're going 90 in the left lane. And plus, even though trucks are not supposed to be in the left lane, they are in the left lane. Yeah. And they're going 90. And nothing. If you think 65 up your bahula is nerve-wracking, <laughs> try 90 in the left. So there's no way to go. And, you, and the concentration level at my age of driving in that, averaging probably 70, 75 miles an hour, whatever it is, whatever the speed limit is, you're trying to be about 8 to 10 above it because that's what everybody else is, 20 above it. Right. So you're trying to negotiate this drive. I got home yesterday. I went to sleep last night at 8 o'clock. That's how emotionally and physically drained I was from that six-hour drive. And I woke up at about, I don't know, 4. So that's eight hours of sleep. I don't usually get eight. I was going to say, that's a rarity. I don't right? usually get eight. You know, and then I just lay there for a while. But, I, I mean, that I'm sure there are a lot of people that feel the same way, that that drive is difficult. Any drive is difficult. And, it, you know, it is... It's really exhausting. Really happy we made it in good time. Yeah. Uh, Michael is still down there in South Carolina, but a lot of... I wanted to get to some emails that we got last week about Michael, and Michael had said he bought a couch, he ordered furniture, it was going to come in 2023. <laughs> Maybe you know, 2024. If, if it ever gets there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From Rob and Raleigh. Hi, Michael. I wanted to write in to share my couch order story in hopes of making yours seem a bit better. My wife and I ordered a new sectional on Labor Day 2020. We were closing on our new home later that month, and we're hoping the sectional would arrive before we hosted family around the holidays. We were told about 10 to 12 weeks, but we were told definitely have it by Christmas. Fast forward to January, and we receive our sectional, but it's the wrong configuration. The 10-foot-long portion of the schedule that was meant to run along the wall of our living room now cuts our entire living room in half. We live in a townhome, so the couch had to be moved to the second floor. We didn't realize the configuration was incorrect until the movers had the couch up the stairs. Finally, on May 7th, eight months after our order was placed, the correct couch was delivered. I'm sure after the steep discount received on Labor Day and to correct their incompetence, the sunk cost of a used couch, they let us keep it for four months, that they had to take back in the free delivery. They didn't make a buck on the transaction. Hope this doesn't happen to you, but if it does, have Mr. Tony call and scream representative. <laughs> From Tom Till in Orange, Virginia, with respect to Michael's couch travails, I refer him to a vignette in The Godfather, the book, not the movie. To wit, a furniture wholesaler rips off Nazarene the baker and his wife. Ooh. He takes their money and declares bankruptcy, but continues to enjoy a lavish lifestyle because he's hiding behind bankruptcy laws. I'll let Mario Puzo take it from there. Quote, Vito Corleone listened to this story with amused disbelief. It was not possible that the law could allow such thievery. Of course, the matter was easily adjusted. Don Corleone sent his consigliere, Genco Abadondo, to speak to the wholesaler. And as was to be expected, that wide-awake businessman caught the drift immediately and arranged for Nazarene to get his furniture. My advice to Michael, next time you decide to make a substantial household purchase, first consult with the Genco Pura Olive Oil Company. My people will talk to your people. That's wise counsel. From Paul in Lindsay, Ontario in Canada. While listening to the show, Michael talking about the six-month delay in getting his furniture, I've been in the furniture industry for 16 years now, so I can shed some light on this. Unfortunately, this is a worldwide problem right now. Most of my customers are waiting two months on average, but every day I come across someone waiting just as long as Michael. Yes, COVID is the main culprit, but so was the blockage in the Suez Canal. A lot of 
Furniture manufacturers do not create their own fabric or leather. It's shipped in. Here in Canada, even the made-in-Canada stuff uses fabric from India. Sadly, though, you can't even cancel an order and go to another store because every store is affected by this. Just be glad you don't need new appliances. Average wait time for those are around a year right now in most places. Oof. If I can offer one piece of advice to people waiting for furniture that is not custom-made, start calling the business you bought from once a week. In this industry, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. It works more often than you think. That's good advice. From Carrie in Kansas, dear Michael, I have some bad news. They're lying. We ordered our couches in February. They were supposed to be delivered in July. Then it was September. Then it was October. Then it was December. Today, we hear it will be in January. Good luck. From Chris in Durham, North Carolina, I've been listening to the show for close to 13 years now. I wanted to share with you one of the biggest laughs I had from your show. That laugh came during the 2009 Washington Wizards season. When a certain point guard by the name of Nick Young, or known to some as Swaggy P, hadn't even averaged one assist per game at the start of the season. The statistic led you to exclaim with disbelief how any point guard could possibly average less than one assist per game. For whatever reason, I found this absolutely hilarious and agreed wholeheartedly. Upon being reminded of this fond memory, I decided to look up Swaggy P's career statistics. Would you be able to guess how many assists he averaged per game? Sure, one. That's right, one. And again, I had to laugh. Um, from Jared Schofer in Washington, D.C. I wanted to let you know that you got some airtime on Charles Barkley's podcast recently. How about that? They played your rant about how sand is not a toy. Chuck <laughs> praised you and agreed with you. Does this count as a Tony Kornheiser moment? And just one more. Um, from Jay Gamble from South Lebanon, Pennsylvania. I was listening to your podcast a couple of weeks ago when Ryan from Reading mentioned Goods potato chips, and I said, hey, I know those potato chips. I serve them whenever I have people over at my house. They're similar to Utz, but better. I myself am a red-label guy as opposed to blue. This has to count as some sort of David Aldridge moment. P.S. While I don't know anybody who knows Taylor Swift, I do personally know Matt Nagy's mom. Don't tell Wilbur. <laughs> so I just thought I'd do some emails for you. You know, because we have an inventory and they make me smile. Yes. Well, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X-Chair read. I'm sitting in an X-Chair right now. So, obviously, I think it's a good product. It's the holidays. You deserve a gift. How about a gift that keeps on giving you joy and comfort every day all year long? A gift that looks as good as it feels and a gift that will actually pay for itself in terms of how much more productive you will be at work. And I'm talking about giving yourself the gift of an X-Chair. I think you'll find it to be the most comfortable and ergonomic chair you've ever used. And honestly, it'll probably be the coolest looking piece of furniture you own. Not only is X-Chair the world's greatest office chair, but with its patented LMAX technology, it doubles as a massage chair and can either cool or warm your back. Can your office chair do that? <laughs> I don't think so. <clears throat> Got to get this. Now is the perfect time to purchase an X-Chair. Buy early, buy now. And here's X-Chair's holiday gift to you. You can save $100 off your X-Chair just by purchasing it at xchairtony.com. Now that's the letter X, chair, T-O-N-Y.com. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairtony.com and save. One more time, xchairtony.com. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Jim Baznight, and he writes, I hope you're having a nice holiday season. Thanks for your continued support. Here are two more songs from me, both of which are my soul compositions. This one is called Lose Me. Um, he says, once COVID permits, he intends to go to Europe as well as across North America doing live dates. In the meantime, you can follow him 
uh, where he's performing uh, in the northwest of the United States at jimbaznightmusic.com or via Facebook or Twitter. He was originally going to play in Michael Wilbon. Wilbon's in Arizona. We tried a lot of times to get to Wilbon. We teased that we would have Wilbon. Wilbon and I talked last night. And let me just tell you that what we were going to talk about was, in the main, John Madden. Because he and I both have enormous respect for John Madden and his cultural influence in sports and now, obviously, in sports games and things like that. But we kept going to voicemail, and it's an... It's a two-hour difference, and we're early in the morning. So we tried once, it went to voicemail, and we gave up. We'll try to have Wilbon on tomorrow. Yeah. So it is a shorter show today. But the good news is, when we come back, we'll have Chuck Todd. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Jim Baznight. This is a song called Ugly Side. I think it refers to when I'm on camera. <laughs> um, his music is out there. You know, it's just out there all the time. The physical album release, Jokers, Idols, and Misfits, continues to garner more and more outstanding reviews and continues continued plays and ads. Jim Baznight's really good. Yeah. It's the second time we're playing him today. Nigel, if people like Jim Baznight want to send their original music in, how do they do it? You can please send us your original music to jingles at TonyCornizershow.com. And he plays in Chuck Todd. And before Chuck Todd gets to talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about Chuck Todd. His last three weeks are 4-3, and 5-2, and two, and 5-2. and two. That's 14-7. and seven. After his first two picks this past week, he had climbed the ladder and was even at 500. He then lost a couple, but then won a couple. And Chuck Todd is now 56, 55, and 1. So if you're betting with Chuck Todd and there's no VIG, you're making money. You know, <laughs> yeah, I got to say, and there's no VIG, yeah, the you're making enough. money. You must feel good about that recently. Re very I, good. I, I, now I'm like really bummed about the long NFL, the, the one week longer NFL season. It's more ways to. I'm trying to remember the last time I clowned Mount 500. It's it's been a couple years. So it's very very good. Before we get to your picks, a couple of a couple of people have passed away, and they yeah. are very important people. We'll start not with your expertise, but with mine. But I'm asking you about this. John Madden and your thoughts mm. as someone, and this is what I would ask, you're on television. Now, you yeah. can't do what Madden does because you're not called, that's not your role. But yeah. as somebody on television, because I know how I feel about this, when you see John Madden, don't you say to yourself, boy, he, he's an, a total original guy. A hundred percent. And and what's interesting is how derivative a lot of us on television are of him, and we don't even fully appreciate it. Yeah, and and I, you know, if you think about it, John Madden did the Telestrator. I did the yeah. Telestrator on election yeah. night. Okay, and yeah. and it yeah. was something that they never thought of. Oh, let's bring that over to news. You know, they did it in sports before they brought it over to news. And then you think of, I think about what I claim I try to do in television is I always, I always say ultimately I, my job is to, uh, I want to make politics. I used to say this before the Trump era, interesting and accessible, and yeah, a little bit of fun. A little less fun these days, so I'm not going to sit here and say it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. But, um, but it was sort of the, the Madden mantra. 
make this more interesting to people. Make it more accessible, right? And it's sort of in that sense, he, you know, a lot of different genres of, of live television try to find their, uh, uh, try to find their Madden, right? Whether it's what yes, Steve Kornacki or I so do good. on television. Yes. Or, right, yes. you know, and, and it's all that, don't just, and it's not simplify it. Simplify it's the wrong way to do it, right? He didn't simplify it. He just explained it in layman's terms. I mean, you know, by the way, one knee equals two feet. I still think about this. Yeah. Like when he said that phrase, and it didn't even, it, it became a book, I think, right? In the title of one of his books, or, or he thought of it. Anyway. But Very whole, smart guy. One, one knee equals two feet. It was sort of like, oh, I get it. I understand what that means. I understand how, how that works. And it's just, you know, simplifying stuff without it making, without making you seem stupid for not knowing it. Right? Like yeah, that you're 100% right. And, but in now also the other large guy oh, who passed. By the way, not, that video yeah. game. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, I, this is for my generation. We're the first, my generation's the first one to get into video games. I mean, uh, my, I had three, two roommates right after college. All we did was play Sega Genesis Madden for like two, two you know, for, for two straight years that we were roommates. That's all we, that's the only time we communicated was over Sega Genesis Madden. <laughs> you know, we're obsessed yeah, with big, it. Anyway, large figure, large figure. A large yeah. figure in sports and large figure in culture. Harry Reid, not a large figure in the culture. A large figure in politics, though. The majority mm -hmm. leader and more responsible for getting Barack Obama elected than any mm -hmm. single person other than Barack Obama. Your thoughts on Harry Reid? Well, I'll tell you this. If Harry Reid were Senate leader uh, now, uh, Joe Biden's agenda would be in better shape. And I'm not sitting here saying that, that, that you know, it, and I think Chuck Schumer's had a tough hand, but I don't think he's as good as Harry Reid was at this. Harry Reid was very good. He was a classic 19th century pre-television politician that just knew how to wield power behind the scenes. Um, and had a bigger heart than you realized, hated us in the media. Uh, I never, I, my most pleasant conversations with him were after he was out. And he couldn't have been nicer and more of a gentleman, but he sort of viewed the press as sort of always in their way. And one other little thing that the folks around here ought to know is the person that started harassing Dan Schneider over the name of the football team first in the last 15 years was Harry Reid. Harry Reid. Yeah, he, he, tough he guy. Ag actual tribe, tough guy. You know. Yeah, he was he, a tough guy. I'm, yeah, he was a boxer. He's a tough yeah. guy. And asked a lot of questions about UFOs. Wasn't that something that he was he was he uh, diving he was, into? He also helped. He also helped sort of shake the government loose on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But Barack you know, Obama will say, Vegas, you know, he lived yeah. in Area Fifty One. I think. Right. Yeah, I that's know. right. Barack Obama will say it's because of him that I decided ultimately to run. And I won. He'll say that. He's, I, I tell you, ask the Clintons under oath what they think of Harry Reid, because they'll agree with that. And that doesn't mean they were happy about that decision. When Harry Reid, right. remember, it was Hillary Clinton's president, you know, nomination in 07 and 06. And, and Harry Reid said, eh, maybe we ought to find somebody else. So there you go. All right. Now let's get back to what we don't pay you for, <laughs> which is picking games. And some of these games are very difficult. I've been, I, I'm supposed to be paid. I no. didn't know this. Oh, <laughs> no. Don't you. Nigel, no. I'll be, my lawyer will be in touch. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Some of these games are tough. The first one is tough. Nobody's beating Kansas City anymore. Kansas City minus five at Cincinnati. 
Cincinnati. I like this. I know. No, I no. Cincinnati looks like the winner in that division. Cincinnati looks like a playoff team, but historically, every time Cincinnati gets in a position like this, they lose. Mm-hmm. And and Kansas City doesn't lose anymore. But Kansas City's pretty much got the thing wrapped up. I don't. I. This is a. I would not bet this game. If you like Kansas City on the road at what appears to be a division champion, you are you are giving five. Giving five. That's just too many points for a playoff team. I mean, Cincinnati's a playoff team. Yes. And they're at home. I just think it's too many points. And by the way, it's going to be super cold in the in the uh, in the northern tier states this weekend. So, and I know it's gets cold in Kansas City. I mean, I, but. That's a lot of points, but I'm, I hear you on Cincinnati. I agree that uh, if if it weren't for the Cincinnati sort of recent history where they seem to blow a, blow a game like this, yes. I'd really yes. want to bet this game. Because yes, everything you've seen of Cincinnati the last three weeks has been fantastic. Joe right. Burrow's got a little swagger. He's right? great. He's, he's been fun. Uh, more and fun than this I is the kind of game they yeah. lose all the time. I know it is. So, I know it is. But okay. that's just You'll take points. It. you got to play a numbers game. Okay. So give me all Cincinnati right. at home. Here's another one. I don't know about this one. Miami, which has won 400 games in a row at this point, is a road dog. They're getting three and a half at Tennessee. Tennessee, another uh, still no Derrick Henry, another up and down team. Ryan Tannehill has not given you enough games in a row that you think you can trust him. Miami doesn't score a lot of points, but doesn't allow a lot of points either. This one, I don't know that I'd bet this one. You bet Miami last week and you won. Carver no. won on the under, guaranteed the under, and won no. easily on the under. I'm right about that. Miami, yeah, Miami plus three and a half. I, I don't like Miami in this spot at all. I love Tennessee here. I, I, I don't have the same wavering feeling that you have. I think... This is the first good team Miami's faced in eight weeks. That's more healthy than not. A.J. Brown is back. He made a difference. He had a huge game last week for Tennessee. Uh, I, you know, I, I like Tennessee here a lot. I think okay. the Dolphins, I think they're, uh, you know, that's, that's a lot to ask. And They've beaten a lot of bad teams in this winning streak. I think there's only one playoff team they've beaten in this winning streak, which would be uh, the Ravens. Which, you know, who the heck knows about them? So That's right. We'll get to them in a second. Give me Tennessee. Right. I, feared, I, feared, I feared that game was coming. All right. Las Vegas is getting six with. and a half. Las Vegas, which won last week, despite me thinking they're going to dissolve. They haven't dissolved. They're getting six and a half on the road indoors at Indianapolis. Should I be concerned that Carson Wentz is not going to play in this game? Is he under COVID protocols? Because there was a story yesterday that Frank Reich reached out to Philip Rivers at some point recently. This is a game that I would normally love Indianapolis, but I'm not going to love them if you tell me he's not playing. You know, it's interesting here, right? He's unvaxxed, which means I think there's no chance of him coming first. Like, I think if you're unvaxxed, you got to sit the 10 days. Yeah. But there's no right. There's no in between. But if you test positive and are symptomatic during the ten day, then they don't test you for ninety days. So what? Yes. What? The NFL is like, okay. Yes. So Rogers hasn't been tested. For instance, Aaron Rodgers hasn't right. been tested. He's not going to get tested until the week in between the Super Bowl if they get that far. 
Hmm. Which, of course, you get to see that nightmare. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers tests positive. <laughs> Congratulations, Roger Goodell. You're in a, your, your Super Bowl's messed up. Um, it's almost inevitable now that I've let you know of this, of this scenario. Um, anyway, I, and I don't know whether Carson Wentz playing or not playing is good or bad, other than everybody would, would go. But I, I, I think it's too many points anyway. Um, the Raiders haven't quit. Whatever you think, whoever this interim coach is, you know, I hope he gets another shot someday. You know, certainly gets hired as an assistant head coach because he hasn't lost his team. God bless him. Give me, uh, give me the Raiders on those points. Okay. Here's another difficult one. And this is a difficult one. The Rams are at Baltimore. The Rams are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Rams should easily win this game unless Baltimore makes one last stand. Unless the one home game that they've got is the last stand for Baltimore and they say, we're not this bad. We shouldn't be losing all these games that we've lost. Let's beat this prissy team from Los Angeles. That's the only way that I'm thinking. Because Los Angeles should, they should cover. Who you got? I think it's a big Harbaugh weekend, but I think it's not going to be John Harbaugh this weekend. Um, okay. So I, I am uh, I'm betting on Jim, but I'm not betting on John this weekend. So I uh, give me the Rams here. I, I, I Have you been happy with Lamar when he's played? No. No. Yeah. It's a, it's, I, I don't know how they have a winning record other than that. I, I'm a believer in that coaching staff. They, they'll take any scrap heap, I think, and, and figure out how to create a competitive football team, him and Tomlin. Um, but uh, Rams, Rams, Rams kind of need this too. They have an outside shot at, at better seating here. So uh, give me the Rams. Okay. Here's a game that spread three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, would have been so different. This is such a line change because of the last three weeks. Arizona was one of the two or three best teams in football, and Dallas was losing games. Arizona now goes to Dallas on a losing streak and is getting five and a half. Arizona's a better football team than Dallas, and Arizona is getting five and a half. But fortunes reverse. They do. Who you like in this one? I uh, I like the Cardinals and the points. I think the, the I think the cow you know the Cowboys bandwagon is suddenly revved up again, which means I think that line's too high. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of just Cowboys money pushing that line up farther than it should be. So uh, just too many points for a good team. Sort of the same theory as the Bengals. That even though you, you're worried about, it, you're like playoff teams shouldn't be getting that many points in the NFL. So. Arizona would have been a three-point favorite in this game three weeks ago, don't you think? Huh. Based on how Dallas was playing? Yeah. You know, maybe, or at least yeah. to pick them. I, I might have, but yeah, but your point, your point it, it, this line has yeah. moved quite a bit. Oh. Yeah. I still don't know what to make of You know, Arizona loses this, and it's, They're out. You know. They're out. They're, hey, well, the, but then there's the, maybe Kyler Murray isn't a playoff quarterback. Maybe he is too small to play. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is. Maybe he gets hurt by the end of the year because it'll be two He's years He's a five-foot, nine-inch yeah. baseball player. That's what he is, yeah. and we'll see. All right, one more, two more games. Cleveland at Pittsburgh, a game that has no juice, really. I mean, in mm-hmm. years past it would. It has no juice now. Cleveland is a three-point favorite on the road at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has grit, and they got Mike Tomlin. I don't know that Ben Roethlisberger, this is probably his last – Home game, it seems to me. I, I don't know what that means. Cleveland That's is a disappointing team. Nervous. 
Yeah. That's what I, yeah. does that mean yeah. anything, right? It's it's his last Don't know. It's likely the last home game. Yep. And I you know, but everything else tells me the Browns. Yeah. Uh is the side here. So I, I, I think I think I'm gonna go with them, but this is a game where um that's why that's why they invented live betting. You kinda almost wanna see what the what Pittsburgh looks like in the first quarter. You'll have an idea very early. Although they've been okay. a team that doesn't score until the fourth quarter, I guess, but still. I, I, One I more think, game. Yeah. Philadelphia hot lately. Washington football team not hot lately. <laughs> not hot lately. Oh, um, nothing to play for. One team has something to play for. One team has nothing to play for. Dallas destroyed Washington. Don't don't know. Don't know the residual effect. Don't know. If you like Washington, you're going to get three. You tell me, after you're a beat down like Dallas, and you got to give up, you got to play another game, New Year's Eve is Friday, and not only do you got to play a game in cold weather, you got to play a running team. And that just seems like more work, more physical. I, I, I This could be, I, I think, uh, I, this could be a game Philly wins by a lot, where if they get going early, uh, you could see the, the WFT quitting. Um Give me, give me the. I, I would not want to be on the side of the WFT. It's the no, Eagles. No, not on this one. Yeah, not yeah. Eagles. I, I agree. I agree. All right. Thank you very much, and we will chat with you next week. Have a good New Year's. You got it. Alabama, Michigan. Okay, I'm, I'm, that's who you I'm, like. I'm money, I'm money line. My, my, and I'm, I, I think the thing people are not for, for remembering is Jim Harbaugh. When you coach in the NFL, and you give an NFL level head coach a month to prepare. I'm just saying. Yeah. I think it's been underlooked. It would be nice because going into the last game of the season, the Ohio State game, the chorus was to fire Jim Harbaugh as being underproductive at Michigan, right? That's what it was. was. So this would be sweet for him. SEC, you know, intramural scrimmage again for a fight. Nobody does. Tired of that. And even when Clemson. And I'm not not a. Person that says the refs think about these things. However, don't you think Michigan will get every call? I hope they do. I don't. I, I mean, I would, by the way, throw in Clemson. I know they're technically in the ACC, but I'm tired of those championships. <laughs> I'm tired of the regional championship. No, 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 no. I'd like we to see. We want to see something. Alabama beat Michigan by fifty. That'll be more interesting than Alabama. That's fine. Georgia by twenty. That's, yeah. Yes, that's fine. All right, talk to you. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Todd, see boys you. and girls. Bye. If we gave you just Chuck Todd, it would be more than enough. <laughs> we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo. Zoo. Sing along, everybody. Zoo. You just say zoo. Bikes. Zoo. 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 And he's had too much Johnny A boy named Zoo. Yes, that was the original working title, I believe. Yeah. The Johnny Cash. So what? So I went down to the uh, the National Zoo, uh, and Reginald getting ready for his big New Year's Eve oh, gala. Has it every year. Um, Bud Grant, of course, is on the guest list. He, we expect him to be there. Short Some sleeve. interesting other people. Yeah, he will, of course, be wearing shorts. They probably shorts as well. Uh, Halle Berry, also expected to attend. Wade Boggs and Alan Alda, also on the guest there you list. Go. There so you go. really eclectic group that, uh, that Reginald runs with. And by the way, the musical performance that night, you may want to stop by for this. Sir Douglas and the Quintets. Oh, the Sir Douglas Quintet. I don't know, other than she's about Doug a mover. Song. 
I don't think he's with us anymore. <laughs> probably not. It's probably a stand-in yeah. for Sir Old, old Sir Doug. Um, <laughs> took a break from the preparations to uh, go through some of these matches uh, with me. And the first one we gave him was the, was the first game on the list, Kansas City giving five at Cincinnati. And uh, he showed me an old photograph on his iPad of him uh, playing water polo with Dan Quisenberry, Freddie Patek, and famous Amos Otis. Clearly ties to the Kansas Freddie City Potter, area. Five foot five or yeah, something. Yeah, tiny guy. Yeah. Tiny guy. Good, good, good. Um, but that tells me he likes Kansas City even with that, that huge point spread. So he'll lay the five with that. The next match we gave him was uh, Baltimore getting three and a half at home against the Rams. And this was a, actually a, a photograph in a newspaper. I think the Baltimore Sun. Reginald at Pickles Pub, which is right next to Camden Yards. Sitting there uh, having drinks with Mickey Tettleton, Ed Reed, and Mark Belanger. That tells me, there obviously, he's very fond of Baltimore. He will take the Ravens with those three and a half. And the last match we gave him, of course, was uh, the Washington football team. Last week, he didn't want Washington and took Washington anyway. Yeah. He went down the drain. Lost that by just a couple, right? Colossally, 56 17 or something. <laughs> Wasn't even that close. Yeah. Yes. So you think, well, maybe he'll take Philly in this? I, I, would, I would if I were him. I would take Philly. Well, I showed me a photograph of him at Old Ebbets Grill right in downtown Washington eating tons of oysters with Joe Bugle, Rod Langway, and Arthur Monk. Okay, so he was 0-3 last week. Yeah, he's, he's really had a he's tough one. He's 22-26. I'd get off Washington if I were the monkey. I'd get off Washington right now. He's faithful saying. to a fault with that team. All right, that's great. We will uh, take a break and... What will we do? We'll have email and jingle. When email we and jingle. Email and yes. jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna some for all of you folks, but don't send in faxes. <laughs> Jason Fuse, thank you, thank you, thank you. Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda Bagel ad? We got bagels today. Yes, we love the Bethesda Bagels. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. All right, that does it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say the summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me all summer long. We sang a song, and then we strolled that golden sand to Sweethearts and the Summer Wind. That is most famously done, I guess, by Frank Sinatra. But in the duets album, he does it, I think, with Charles Aznavour as well. Oh, really? Or somebody, somebody with a, a foreign accent in the duets album. It's very lovely. Thanks to today's sponsor, X Chair. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. So let me go through some email here. And the first one is from Elliot Olshansky, and he says, It brought a huge smile to my face last Monday when you mentioned the film Pleasantville. Pleasantville, New York, is the next town over from Chappaqua, where I lived from 1998 to 2007. In fact, while the world headquarters of Reader's Digest was physically located in Chappaqua, right across the street from Horace Greeley High School, Horace Greeley, go west, young man, it maintained its Pleasantville address until the magazine moved its offices in 2009. I'll never forget seeing a trailer for the film before sh a showing of Saving Private Ryan on Main Street in Mount Kisco and hearing the entire theater erupt in laughter at Tobey Maguire's line, Oh no, we're in Pleasantville. <laughs> However, I have to quarrel with your assessment that the movie is not one of the real good ones. Pleasantville has an 85% positive review 
at Rotten Tomatoes with a 79% audience score. If its reviews were a 16-game NFL season, Pleasantville would have gone somewhere between 12-4 and 14-2. and 14 and two. Certainly a far cry from 5-11. and 11. Best regards from Suffolk County, where I have great admiration for the films of Gary Ross, which also include Mr. Baseball, Dave, Big, and The Hunger Games. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I like Pleasantville, and I thought it was a great idea. I just didn't think it was a tremendously successful film. From Austin in Scottsdale, Arizona, where Wilbon lives. Having never been to Norway, I can still attest that northern Maine is closer to Norway than southern Maine. I grew up in southern Maine, but I attended the University of Maine, Go Black Bears, in northern Maine. The best way I can describe northern Maine winters is that for at least two months, the sun will set at 3 p.m., and it's so cold that whatever part of your body isn't covered will freeze within a few minutes. Even though you questioned moving to Scottsdale, Arizona this past summer when it was 110 degrees out, it's still worth it as it's currently 65 and sunny. My main family, all bundled up in winter coats, can eat it. From Rob Lowe, not that Rob Lowe, in North Royalton, Ohio. Just to put where in perspective, how north Lillehammer is, it is roughly the same latitude as Anchorage, Alaska. Mm. So definitely not Connecticut. To that point... From John Bruce in Eagle River, Alaska. Okay. In Utjavik, Alaska, formerly Barrow, Alaska, America's northernmost town, the sun set at November 18th for the last time in 2021. <laughs> it will not rise again until January 23rd, 2022, a total of 67 days. Conversely, in the summer, the sun rises on May 10th, 2022, and doesn't set again until August 2nd. A total of 84 days. As an aside, Alaska doesn't want you to work up here either, Saliza. Plus, I don't know if you own a Tesla, but if you do, it won't do well in the winter up here. Stay away and eat it. From Ed Butt, the great Ed Butt in Frankfort, Michigan. Three, two, one, and an email drops from our own Anita from Alaska, whose job regularly takes her to Prudhoe Bay on the north slope of Alaska. Yes, that is way above the Arctic Circle. And she talks about, well, it's, it's just... Weather, dead horse, minus eight, and blowing snow. And Anita writes, sunrise today, oh wait, there isn't one. How about that? There isn't one. No, thank you. From Steve in Forest Hills, Queens, ever since the birth of our child in August, the non-masculine child, we've listened to Dan's kids' albums on Spotify, Dan Byrne. To put off the fresh hell that is sure to come with Baby Shark or whatever will come next. So when I heard that Dan Burns' song store was open for business to make custom songs, I had to jump on it. I emailed Dan. He replied back within an hour. In a span of an afternoon and after I used the code, Dan not only whipped up an amazing song that we love and can't get out of our heads, but also sent over the chord progression and texted a video to my wife to teach her to play it on her ukulele. The kindness and care and genius of Dan Byrne cannot be overstated. I wasn't, and to some extent still am not, ready to be a parent. But moments like this help so much. I can't properly put into words the emotion and gratitude I feel for the show and Dan. Isn't that nice? Isn't that, that, is. that sweet? Yes. Oh, a, sh uh, a shared haiku on, on um, latitudes. Connecticut is, not Norway. <laughs> it's on the same latitude as Spain. From Jim Walsh. In Annapolis, I got a flat tire today, pulled off to the side of the road. Right before I called AAA, 
I tightened the lug nuts and voila, problem solved. <laughs> when I got home, I noticed there was no tire left and the rim looked a little worse for the wear. You'd think a Subaru would be better than that. <laughs> From Keith in Merrick, New York. That's really close to where I grew up in Lindbrook. Okay. I've been waiting to actually sound knowledgeable and have something to say on the show, and thankfully Lace provided me the opportunity finally. The Rough Riders don't play in either Edmonton or Calgary. Nigel, reset the board. <laughs> There were two Rough Rider organizations, one in Ottawa, which went bankrupt and became the Red Blacks, and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Edmonton used to be known as the Edmonton Eskimos, but changed their name to the Edmonton Elks at the time Washington became the football team. As always, eat it, Saliza, and go orange. From Curtis Simpson in Mesa, Arizona, last week you were about to open an eight-pound bag of gummy bears. I'm curious if all the gummy bears are gone or close to being gone. Please, I need an update. I haven't opened them yet. Yeah, no, looking at them right I now. I haven't opened them yet. Yeah. No, I haven't. I will. I have so much candy here. From Dan Moore <laughs> in Winnipeg. Pantone is the color of the year. What kind of stupid name is Pantone? You think Gary Larson, Carl Eller, Jim Marshall, or Alan Page would like going around being part of the Pantone people eaters? It's really lovely. One more, I guess. Well, no, I've got, I got two more. Two more. From Jared in Terre Haute. That's in Indiana, is it not, Terre Haute? I, I believe so. it is, yes. You mentioned really liking Haribo gummy bears on a recent show. I would like to introduce you to Albanese gummy bears, A-L-B-A-N-E-S-E. -E. They're made in Indiana, and since moving here and discovering them, I can assure you they're superior to any other brand. Well, Jared, why don't you send some of those? Yeah, seriously. Send a box of that, Jared. <laughs> and uh, from Alex in Towson, Maryland. Haribu isn't made in Japan. Haribu was started at the borders of another fallen Axis power, Germany. <laughs> I know this because, believe it or not, the U.S. headquarters for some time was in Woodlawn, Maryland. I had the high honor to meet with them on a sales call. The company needed an IT manager, and I met with the controller to discuss the opening and what they were looking for in candidates as I'm in the staffing industry. After all of those not-so-important details were ironed out, I asked for a tour of the facility. They walked me around and asked their operations assistant to put together a sample box for me to take back to the office. I triumphantly returned to our office with a boatload of Haribo gummy candy, tearing open the box and passing them around, passing them out around the office as if, as if I was on a Mardi Gras float throwing beads. I did find them an IT manager. They paid us a hefty fee, but the free overstuffed box of gummy candy is what I really remember. Good luck with that eight-pound bag of Haribo. Your heart doesn't stand a chance. If it's gone by New Year's. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. If I wish one of your guys had children, if I could kick them in their f head or stomp on their testicles, <laughs> for you could feel my pain, because that's the pain I have, waking up every day.
So oh.